Welcome to Ball vs. Life, a podcast where your hosts, JC and Jack, discuss NorCal vs. SoCal perspectives, the Bay vs. LA. Thanks for tuning in. Let's roll. Ball vs. Life is here. It is the NBA Finals, but I gotta ask you, JC. Of course, I'm Jack. How was your weekend, bro? <laughs> bro. Busy weekend, man. Summer's in full swing up in the Bay Area. I think we got a week, eight, uh, uh, a heat wave, mm. you know, the past couple of days, and it was popping. When you say heat wave, how hot is it, though? Like, I'm here in SoCal, so when I hear heat wave, I'm like, I don't really put much behind it for you guys. How mm. hot is it? I mean, it's, it's it was in the 90s here, dude. Yeah. Hey, you know... Um, difference between socal and uh, the bay area we got microclimates up here man mm. there's depth you know mm. in so many so many levels here in the bay area yeah. and it's it's demonstrated with the weather so like if you're where i'm at when in the upper peninsula closer to sf um you know it could be a little bit cooler because we're between mm. like two bodies of water uh, but then if you go a little bit inland which is like the east bay a little bit of the south bay where you know you're less closer to the water it can get to that socal type of you know 90 degree weather mm-hmm. uh but like up here in the peninsula dude you know if it reaches like 80 degrees that's like a hot day bro yeah yeah <laughs> you know what i mean and it definitely was ab- above that so you know when when the, when the heat is coming man everybody mm. kind of starts you know popping out of here in the in the bay area mm-hmm. how do you handle the heat wave usually do you like just crank up air at home or you guys you know bro we don't have ac where i live oh. we don't need it it's always oh, kind of right cool. because normally yeah the temp is not hot enough for you to need ac yeah exactly you oh. open the window that's what you do when it's, it's hot um mm. so uh, i wasn't home actually i was actually in the south bay because it was uh, my son's mm. birthday not uh, not too long ago so we spent some time at great america nice. um for those unfamiliar, Great America is like the closest thing that we have to Disneyland here in the Bay Area, which is yeah. pretty much just like a theme park, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Great America recently opened, uh, in addition to the theme park, a water park. And bro, it was popping out there, man. <laughs> I feel like everybody in the Bay was trying to find a place to cool down. And holy crap, man, it was crazy. Hey, everyone's got to find their place to cool off if it's a if it's a heat wave. Yeah, you know what I mean? We don't have like fire hydrants like in New York where they <laughs> pop it open and then everybody goes to chill, <laughs> chill off. People go to, um, to Great America. It was crazy because uh, I think I was telling you right before this, man, um, it was so crowded and that you can kind of see the layers of like uh, of people out there generally, you know. Uh, Bay Area crowd is pretty diverse, but like yesterday in particular, I felt like it was, you know, it was hella ratchet. Like it was pretty freaky. <laughs> there were just a lot of people out there, man. Everybody was trying to look for a reprieve from the cool weather. Uh, but, you know, other than that, it's good. You know, it's a good facility. They have a water park. Uh, it's relatively new. They just opened it last year. And nice. I feel like. Well, that's uh, really new. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. And when we went last year, um, I don't think a lot of people knew that it was even there the words out man and then man it's crazy it's like <laughs> it was really really popping out there but what's, uh my, what's my it, kids what, had fun man wave like where oh uh, so great america does it have so it has a water park on top of the yes. actual like roller coasters and stuff exactly dude. dude that must be a huge park then right it is relatively oh. uh relatively big um mm. you know what i mean and the thing mm. is what makes it interesting is like access to the water park is included with access to the theme park oh what so it's not like yeah. you know dca and disneyland where there's like oh. different entrances yeah they fucking gouge you dude exactly dude so like you know the people that kind of just pay for the theme park dude they might not even have like swim attire they may just know that oh. they may not have even planned to go to the water but then they, they mm. see that they have access to it and then it's you know it's uh, it's all hands on deck over there. So if you don't mind me asking, how much is a ticket to go to uh, uh, Great America? You know what? I don't know. But last year, since uh, it was kind of they were struggling a little bit, uh, you know, post pandemic, they offered a season pass, oh, nice. uh, which was I don't know, like a hundred bucks, and it gave you access to the park through all of 2021 and through the end of 2022. So it was cheap. 
Like honestly, yeah, it was really cheap. cheap. Yeah. Like even if it was two hundred bucks or whatever, but it it was cheap. I might even argue it might even have been like sixty bucks, something like that. So just imagine that. Man, um, I'm looking at prices online right now. So California, Great America, right? San Francisco. Wait, mm-hmm. wait, 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 hold on. It's like forty five bucks to get. Yeah. It. That's so, so cheap, dude. It is cheap, man. That's what I'm saying. So when that's you're talking why, about Disneyland, Universal Studios, pe- oh my pe- gosh, it's like, pe- oh. Uh, let's not get it twisted. Like Great America and Disneyland are, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, levels to this, man. Yeah, it's like yeah. the Dallas Mavericks and the Golden State Warriors. It's just, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> no shots. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kidding. But you know what I'm saying? It's just yeah. like it's, a, it, there's levels to it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like. But hey, man, it's the best that we have up here in the Bay. Yeah. You know, Disney hasn't invested uh, in a property up here mm-hmm. um, to do that kind of stuff. So, you know, that's why you got to open a water park with a theme park. Um, yeah. But needless to say, um, regardless of the price, it's still good entertainment. They got, you know, mm-hmm. they got rides and there's a water park. And, you know, on a summer day like this, dude, it pro- people probably spend more to drive to great america on, on gas than to actually enter the park so mm. um yeah man it depends the barriers to entry are a little bit lower so you definitely have a little bit more variety in terms of the crowd out there and that was fu- on full display but enough about my weekend man how was yours bro i mean i actually was planning to go to disneyland not this weekend but the weekend before but oh, because word. this weekend i was uh, part of a wedding party. I was a Ooh. groomsman. I decided to pass on Disneyland the weekend before because I didn't want to catch COVID before mm. a wedding. That would have been horrible since I'm mm. part of the wedding party. So it would be such a bad excuse to be like, hey, bro, like I really w- <laughs> went to uh, Disneyland a week before your wedding. So I did pass on Disneyland. Mm. Um, I did want to go to Disneyland because, you know, with the summer coming, it's just nice to do something fun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Disneyland, you can't go wrong with Disneyland. I mean, we talked about Disneyland on this podcast before. Yes. <laughs> Bar yes. none is the best theme park, like, honestly, on in America, at least, if not the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I passed on that. But, yeah, uh, I was part of a wedding party. You know, it's always an honor to be a groomsman. It's from a, for a high school friend of mine. And mm-hmm. we let loose, bro. I mean, it was, it was fun to let loose, like, just drink and hang out with friends. Um, because, you know, with the pandemic, it just... You know, I, don't, I haven't seen my friends and honestly like you know this you know mm-hmm. most of my friends they're they have kids now like not just one kid they have two kids mm-hmm. so this wedding was no kids allowed mm-hmm. so it was just cool to hang out with the guys you know with the wives just mm-hmm. not worried about kids you know they had their their kids having babysitters or you know with their with their in-laws or parents mm-hmm. so they were able just to hang out let loose and and it's different man it's different when you hang out with friends with kids because they're always thinking if, if their kids are with them, then de- you're definitely not really hanging out with them. Like, yeah. let's just be real. Like, it's not the same. Like, yeah. you're not getting their undivided attention. Of course, dude. Yeah. Of Which course. is fine. That's just the reality. But it's just, it's different now. You know? The, f- yeah. the feeling of parents not having their kids on a night like that is like the feeling that we had if we were dropped off at Disneyland by ourselves. <laughs> yeah. You know? When we were teenagers <laughs> or like early 20s. You know what I mean? That's exactly. the, the the comparable feeling. So it seems like you guys had a lot of fun. So Yeah, dude. I mean, I'm sure, you know, um, there's the, I remember a while back we recorded an episode, you mm-hmm. and I, about you visiting here. And you had mm-hmm. one kid then? Yes. Um, <laughs> you have two kids now. But you, that weekend away, it was just different for you, right? You're like, you different. woke up and you're like, dang, there's no one for me to like need to like constantly pay attention to which was nice but obviously you missed you know your wife and your kid but uh that's the kind of feeling um i got from the guys too they're mm-hmm. just like dang man let's just let loose for this night <laughs> <laughs> that's great take it take advantage right <laughs> of course man yeah. you know the opportunities are few and far between yeah. so you definitely you know you gotta let loose kind of it, it, it gets you centered a little bit better if mm-hmm. you're able to kind of reset once in a while so i'm glad the 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 gents and their wives have been able to, mm-hmm. you know, bl- were blessed to have a break and just, you know, you know, get lit, have some fun, be on the dance floor, just, you know, relive, you know, lifestyles from past, past and, lives, it seems. And the last know. thing I'll say about that weekend or this past Saturday is, bro, uh, getting older, you don't recover <laughs> as fast anymore. Like, I'm so, I mean, I didn't have a hangover because I was responsible. I drank quite a bit but at the same time i know my limits mm-hmm. but dude my body's like 
just tired, man. <laughs> my mind <laughs> and my body is telling me, dude, you can't bounce back. I remember for your bachelor party, which is years ago now, mm-hmm. I think we bounced back way better then, dude. Like, we drank a lot, man. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, I mean, like, I was, you know, tired, but I was, this is like not even, this pales in comparison to how much I drank for your bachelor party. And dude. I feel kind of wrecked. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, man. I mean, that was a long time ago, but yeah. the, the, it's like uh it's like nba years you know what i mean it is. after after you reach 30 just everything yeah. kind of slows down significantly and it just you can't you can't you can't play the way like you used to and it's just it's tough man you know to be able to do that but hey you, i mean you got to do all the prep work like i, I think yep. we've discussed this before in yep. previous kind of social events things like you have to do your pre-game ritual not to our pre-game is different than our pre-game before before where you kind of just yeah, no. drink lighter <laughs> yeah. alcohol now our pre-game is like liquid iv get some yeah. vitamins you know I mean? we got Hydrate gatorade ready the... electrolytes pd exactly. light <laughs> exactly 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 and we're, we're responsible like make sure we got food in our t- stomach you know exactly exactly <laughs> but hey man you're here yeah. we're recording know, and uh it sounds like it was we both had a fun weekend know, so dude. you know a little bit of a different vibe but yeah i'm I'm glad to hear, man. And congrats to um, your friend who got married. Yeah. Uh, you know, welcome to the club, bro. I know, man. It's a, it's a good club to be in. It's a good club. <laughs> it, comes, it comes with uh, its pros and cons. <laughs> Word. <laughs> we can't have it any other way. Let's just say, put it that way. Um, yeah, let's talk about the NBA Finals, man. Because you know what's funny? Depending yeah. on how the NBA Finals Game 4 went, it would have been either a really miserable weekend for me or a really great weekend. I so know. let's break that down. And, and it was a thriller, bro. <laughs> I mean, you were on the brink. I think I think you – it's been a while since the Warriors – well, you know what? Actually, it hasn't been that long. I mean, we, we say it's been a while for the Warriors to be back in the Finals, but if you really talk about – the chances like, for teams to return, it's actually not that high. Yeah. Like, that's that's how, like, to t- say the Warriors have been in the final six of the last eight years, it's yeah. pretty incredible if you really think about it. So, yeah. even though it feels like it's been a while, it, it hasn't. <laughs> it, like, let's, let's not talk about Al and being a Kings fan. He's yeah, exactly. Sniffed, exactly. <laughs> so, so, way to put, put it in it. proper context. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I got you. I know what you mean. Yeah. But I, I will tell you, these past three years have felt, like mm-hmm. you know 10 years just yeah. because you know we were in the the very you know bottom of the league you know for yeah. that for for that one season plus covid like yeah, for, for sure. everyone just on a regular life basis the last two years has probably felt like you know six oh, years yeah. you know what i mean so if you, it, there's sort of like this, this this multiplier effect with with covid with that said, if you put it under that 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 lens, you're right. It actually really hasn't been that long. And mm-hmm. nevertheless, we're back, man. And that's what makes it kind of surprising, right? Just because, yes, the core is there, but after everyone that's been battling through the past couple of years, mm-hmm. uh, you know, career-threatening injuries, mm-hmm. uh, you know... Uh, a shake up with of stars with KD leaving, you know, there was a huge organizational shift and, you know, uh, man, I'm just glad to be back. I kind of miss, but yes, also don't miss the feeling that I have being on pins Mm -hmm. and needles and being really, really, really sort of amped up for the games and being really nervous and frustrated. It was, it's been a crazy series. I mean, it's an emotional roller coaster. (laughs) Like so this each is game why, is an emotional roller coaster for you. Exactly, which is why I kind of wanted to talk to you because I wanted mm. to get a perspective of an unbiased fan. And I, yeah. you know, maybe in the in, in the back end, you know, see, since you know we're boys, you probably are a little bit more partial to the West Coast. But mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe you're not. Maybe you don't care. But I'm just saying, like, I need you to provide some context with how the series is thus far. Um, yeah, dude. You know. So let's let's set it up then. Let's set it mm-hmm. up. Let's instead of just talking about the last game, which was mm-hmm. a thriller, let's talk about it's it's two two right now. All right. Mm-hmm. So for those who have been sleeping under a rock or in a cave, it's two two. Mm-hmm. But how do we get here? Game one, the Celtics took game one, dude, <sighs> and that struck fear in every Warriors fan's heart <laughs> for yeah. sure. I mean, I remember talking to you afterwards, and we can break down the game for a, a mm-hmm. little bit, right? Um, talking to you afterwards and. You know, you said like you know, sports radio in 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 uh, in the Bay Area, they were like basically the sky was falling after that. 
that game. Yeah. So it was not a good place to be after game one, especially you're thinking um, as a fan, having the rest, right? And then mm. the Celtics coming off a seven-game series, you're thinking, we're good at home. Let's start out strong. And yeah. woo, did the Celtics put it on you guys at the end of yeah. that game. Yeah. I, I think uh, definitely the sky was falling after that game just because of all the, the factors that you've mentioned. But um, I think the, the way that it was kind of lost, that game, mm. where the Warriors were up, what, double digits, coming mm-hmm. into the fourth the third yeah uh yeah so they they had their their signature third quarter run mm-hmm. uh which generally is kind of like a, a knockout blow to a lot of teams it is right yeah. uh, and teams really find it hard to kind of recover for that but the celtics were unfazed mm-hmm. and i think that's what kind of shook a lot of the you know the warrior fans uh hearts is they mm-hmm. were like Holy crap, we've never seen a team this resilient actually come back at us. Not only do they take that punch, they swing a stronger punch and knock us out. Because they mm-hmm. went on that crazy run where Derek White and Al Horford just couldn't oh, miss. Yeah. And it was lights out, dude, for, for game one. And dude, we were just we were we were shook. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember talking to you afterwards and I don't think you lost hope, obviously, because mm-hmm. you knew, you know, the Warriors had been here before, and this does happen sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and even a playoff series, despite needing your best, sometimes for some reason teams throw clunkers up there. I mean, every most people, most teams in playoff runs, even in finals runs, they'll they'll lose a a blowout game, mm-hmm. you know, where they get destroyed. So that's not so uncommon, but it is the way they lost, though. Mm-hmm. Like to be up double digits in the third and fourth, and then just like completely. Uh, have the other team catch on fire, not able to stymie at all, at all, mm-hmm. and then just kind of have it go off the rails. But um, that only sets up for game two mm-hmm. because game two now is vitally important. You can't go down 0-2, Absolutely. Like, especially if you have home court advantage. And the Warriors handle business, dude. The Warriors handle business for game two. I know it was close-ish um, in the beginning, but they kind of took off running at the end. And yeah. they didn't look back, right? So I think game two... Uh, that performance was the performance that, you know, the Bay Area was expecting to see mm-hmm. from the Warriors on game one. And, you know, they were motivated. They played with fire. Draymond had a pretty decent game mm-hmm. uh, on that uh, that game. And the supporting cast kind of did their, their thing. And, um, you know, I think it was a sigh of relief just because, yeah, like what you said, if we went down 0-2, uh, it may have been something that, would have been really, 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 really difficult to 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 overcome. Uh, but they responded well. Um, it seems like both teams in the series thus far uh, hasn't lost back-to-back games um, in the playoffs this year. So it was mm-hmm. kind of good to know that the Warriors were able to respond back uh, for that game. My take from that game, though, is mm-hmm. outside of the third quarter run, um, I don't know. I felt like Boston was still kind of you know, playing the Warriors good, and we were able to throw that 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 haymaker in the third quarter. And at that point in time, um, you know, the Boston kind of uh, bench, uh, Derek White, Al Horford, um, wasn't able to respond the way that they did on on Game One. So that was yeah. such a relief. And man, that felt like ages ago when that happened because yeah, you know does. I felt good for like a day, and then until the next game. Well, those games came by pretty quick right well, actually no um, no no, no. They're, they're two the, days apart yeah yeah yeah. No, they're, they're two like, days apart yeah um, yeah two to three so days was, apart so that yeah that that for after losing that first game it felt like forever for the next game to come for you right <laughs> forever <laughs> yeah and then then taking control in game two and and uh tying the series one one you're thinking going into game three hopefully you can steal it right away right mm-hmm. you're just Regain like you know what court. ride the momentum steal it right away but i mean you know, thinking that they got that home game, the the Celtics fans will be, you know, extra ratchet up. Not mm-hmm. that they wouldn't be, but that home that game, that was the top. I think that was the game where you really started thinking, like, man, this. Uh, if not for um, last game where mm-hmm. the 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 Warriors took off in the third and took control, like you saw bits and parts where Celtics would dominate physically. Dude. Uh, and that's the troubling part. And they did that the whole game for yeah. game, uh, game for three. game and three. That's, that was for very sure. troubling, right? Yeah. I mean, Boston came out 
fast and furious in game three dude i think i feel like the whole game the warriors were just overmatched i think 50 50 balls were all going to boston the you know i felt like the warriors showed their age in game three where mm-hmm. they just didn't have the same sort of zest zeal energy to really kind of match the intensity that boston had jalen brown was just kind of jumping all over the place uh robert williams dominated the paint for game three Mm -hmm. and the warriors just didn't have an answer dude Mm -hmm. um at that point in time in the series i was just like dude we played what 16 quarters 18 i don't know quarters Mm -hmm. thus far at that point in time and i was just like dude like i haven't uh uh, 12 quarters i haven't uh, I haven't seen anything from the Warriors mm-hmm. that really tells me that they've really taken a handle on this finals, um, you know, mm-hmm. this final series. I felt like, you know, I felt like, you know, save for a couple of like really, you know, intense bursts on on game two, Boston was just walking all over the place for us. Yeah. In addition to, to that, I felt like TD Garden was like one of the most sort of like mm-hmm. uh, intimidating road games that we've we've played against so far mm-hmm. like i felt like the the toronto crowd as rabid as they were they're not as crazy as the boston crowd i mean we're talking about canadians here man exactly you know? that's true <laughs> you know boston then, they don't mess around dude i thought i thought i really disliked the cleveland crowd after mm-hmm. all of those years but boston man they they bring another level of vitriol yeah to to the NBA Finals, man. I was like, man, these guys are... They're really passionate about their team, but they're extra passionate against the team they're playing against, dude. Yeah, dude. I mean, I feel like the two most ratcheted crowds are probably Boston and Philly, like, the reputation-wise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I think they give zero fucks. You know, like, they were literally... I mean, technically, basketball is supposed to be a family-friendly, like, <laughs> event you're supposed to go to, but, I mean, the, they were sections of fans chanting you know f you draymond green i mean you know they're children there you know (laughs) so you you know as a laker fan you know having some history against the celtics Mm -hmm. not maybe not from the 80s because obviously you're way too young back Mm -hmm. then but like you know with the kobe finals runs against the big three in boston what was your memory about boston and and their crowds they're yeah it's it's a scene I mean, I know like there's a conversation now where people are uh, because, you know, with woke culture and stuff like that, they're mm-hmm. they're starting to like analyze like, oh, you know, that's that's like toxic and stuff, which I mm-hmm. agree. I agree. I don't I think there's a certain level you should get. You shouldn't go past, you mm-hmm. know, and if you if there is families there and stuff like that, like, mm-hmm. you know, let's take it easy. Right. I yeah. get I get cheering for your team. I'm all for that. Trust me, man. Yeah. But like, I don't know, cussing players out like you would never say that in front of that player. Exactly. You know? Like exactly. To, to them face to face, if you know, if it wasn't for you're in a arena where you're gonna be protected, yeah. right? Um, Twenty thousand other people screaming the same thing. So obviously. I mean, but that was even more more intense because the Lakers and Celtics have a rivalry. Yeah. So like their vitriol was even more targeted towards the squad we had then. As when I say we, it's for the Lakers, and mm-hmm. you know, Kobe is much like Draymond. You know, you either really love him or you really hate him because you don't you're really not on the uh, on the fence with him because i mean i know since his tragic passing i think he's more remembered now in a loving way but mm-hmm. when he was playing it was not that was not the case Definitely. you know for, for those people that didn't really follow kobe he was hated a lot of places towards the end of the career people really beloved him because he kind of shifted his image also yeah. as well because yeah. kobe embraced that sort of villain role he did right exactly he, like draymond embraces it kind of yeah all right he's not afraid he's not afraid like Kobe was never afraid to be hated. He he actually loved it. I think he it motivated him. Well, yeah, Kobe Kobe looks for any any morsel of motivation just to keep his fire burning, right? Like he'll use anything to just keep those embers up and running. And yeah. I don't know, man. Boston definitely provides that for Draymond. <laughs> Draymond, so I, I I feel what you're saying though. Like now being a Warriors fan, like you're a Warriors fan watching like the the finals, and you're like, damn, this crowd, like they've been like that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it, it, yeah, I never felt that about the Celtics crowd before, but obviously, you know, there's a mm-hmm. new context with this, and 
I don't know, man. They're kind of they're kind of uh. <laughs> like, yeah, dude. I mean, they kind of they kind of caught me off guard with with regards to that. Uh, you know what I mean? But then, I mean, if you really kind of think about it, how people dislike the New England Patriots, yeah. dislike you know this whole Boston Red Sox vibe. I I mean, I get it when you're 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 if their teams are winning, you know, there's a certain level of arrogance. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not arrogance, though, that I get from them. It's just kind of like disrespect. I don't know. Like arrogance mm-hmm. is like you're you feel like you're better, but they're just like I feel mm-hmm. like they just want to I don't know stop stop on people. But hey, you know what I mean? Maybe I'll have a different perspective when we're away from the series. But they definitely yeah. were ratcheting it up. And I don't know. It's actually a good way, you know, talking about Draymond and this Kobe uh, comparison. I feel like Draymond has definitely not shown up. And that was most evident uh, in game three uh, mm-hmm. where, you know, he definitely did not respond the way Kobe did. And I don't want to compare them. They're different players. Yeah. But Kobe kind of thrives in yeah. that kind of pressure. Right. And he, he, you know, it motivates him further. And I thought Draymond was that type. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's still series left for him to kind of prove that. Yeah. But based on what I've seen thus far through game four, he kind of has, I don't know. I don't know if Boston got, got to his head, if it's mm-hmm. all the, the, the pressure that's mm-hmm. been uh, that's been put on him. He's recording pods after. There's a lot of criticism there after is, that. Yeah. Uh, but that Draymond definitely has not been playing well. Yeah, let's talk about Draymond a little bit. Mm-hmm. So if we're, if we're focusing on uh, game three now, mm-hmm. he had a horrible game. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think that I think he hasn't had a good series, mm-hmm. like where you would expect someone like Draymond, you know, former All Star, you mm-hmm. know, Defensive Player of the Year. You just hope in this stage where Draymond has proven that he can perform, mm-hmm. he hasn't been. So that's I think that's the more alarming part. But if you really follow Draymond closely the last couple of years, like mm-hmm. he has been struggling a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I would say since KD left, like I think his I think age injuries, all these things have hampered him to the point that he isn't necessarily a Draymond of old anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, old as in younger, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's not the same guy. Like, his his shot is broken. It's completely broken. Yeah. Like, it's just, he has no confidence when he shoots it. it and, you know, as people who have never played on that stage, you at least on the very, like, as a weekend war, you know when you just don't have confidence in your shot. Mm-hmm. Like, you have no conviction in it. Like, you almost shoot it because you're like, I have to, mm-hmm. but you're just like, I don't believe in it. You know, mm-hmm. like he's, I think he's at that stage right now. Like he's getting Ben Simmons itis. That's what's yeah, happening. Yeah. And it's, it's hurting the Warriors a lot, man. Um, the fact that he's, he's just not a threat at all. You know, like, like they're literally scheming just to leave him wide open. Absolutely. Uh, when he shoots, it's just not good. It doesn't look smooth. And his, it's like weird hit kind of. I don't know. It, it, just watching his form, it's it's off. You know, there's there's a hitch. There's like yeah. a hesitation. Yeah. Like, you know, he tries to. I think he tries to muster up some confidence yeah. in his head, but like mm-hmm. I feel like there's this dis- certain disconnect, and it still doesn't kind of execute the right way, especially mm-hmm. when he kind of when he tries to score the ball. Um, and one thing that's made Draymond special is outside of the scoring, he's never really been a crazy scorer. Right, no. but you know the playmaking, yeah. um, and that also kind of has has suffered. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think what's surprising to me is yes, the scoring uh, has definitely, uh, you know, has has gone down significantly. Mm-hmm. But I feel like even in this series, outside for a few stretches here and there, even defensively, I feel like he's been kind of lost a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's a matchup to try to find the best matchup for him because mm-hmm. I think he was checking. Um, I mean, he kind of plays like a sort of like a, a safety out there. Yeah, you know what I mean? Does, yeah. Like, you know, he would check like Al Horford initially, and that's how he got killed because uh, he was leave Al Horford and yeah. try to double up on Tatum uh, mm-hmm. and Brown a little bit. Then they kind of switched it up where he would check Jalen Brown for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that kind of worked a little bit, but then Jalen eventually kind of had some counters and he mm-hmm. really kind of used his athleticism. And that's like, Jalen's probably what top 10%, if not top yeah. 5% in yeah. terms of an athlete in mm-hmm. the NBA. And Draymond just can't, he can't compete with that athleticism. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know, man, it's just like, everything's just kind of out of whack with him. 
Mm-hmm. So offensively, I can get that. Like he doesn't have any confidence. Um, play playmaking hasn't really been particularly special, but even defensively, that's mm-hmm. what really worried me. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's looked particularly close to the Draymond that I expect from him, which is pretty much a game changer defensively. Yeah. He could be a zero offensively, and he has been <laughs> pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but defensively, I just feel like he's, I don't know, man. It's like he seems old, and I don't yeah. want to criticize him, but he seems old right now. So what's your what's your thoughts at least? I, I, I do think there are certain points in watching the game the, the Warriors do look old. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say like obviously the series tied two two, but there are like certain quarters or certain like length of time in the game or multiple quarters where you're like man these guys they sit they look a step slower. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean they're the, they're not as good of a team, but athletic wise, athletically wise, for sure they are slower. I mean you look at the the Celtics they got Robert Williams who's this freaking shot blocking you know cleanup monster. Mm-hmm. You know he's just taking swatting shots away he's he's changing uh how people drive to the rim right um and that's already a big big difference where you if you have like even the the death lineup or whatever you want to call it it's not Mm. that anymore right but like just going small like it's it's a little different going against the celtics team and i think you know the warriors um yeah like clay is not the same defensively he just isn't uh and dre you're saying he he might have lost a little bit in that so far at least seeing in the series he could get it back we'll see Mm -hmm. yeah i can see what you're talking about and it does seem that way that especially after game three i was like man you guys got outworked so bad like on the boards we got outworked all the 50 50 balls we got got outworked that's why i was spooked man because i'm just Mm -hmm. like i never really seen this they have gotten blown out but it's been a while where i've you know, I've seen them uh, where they were completely overmatched. Like mm-hmm. they they lost a big, uh, you know, a big game where they kind of mailed it in against Memphis, but then they came mm-hmm. back. But I do feel like throughout the series thus far, they're just physically overmatched by the yeah. Celtics. And this is a team that they're playing against that has played two seven game series. So if you think about it, Warriors theoretically should be the fresher team, and mm-hmm. it hasn't shown itself to be the case thus far, man. So. Draymond has been MIA through three games and then four games. Mm-hmm. So and, yeah, and I, I I can see why you were so concerned after game three, <laughs> uh, especially like it's not just game three. I think we talked about in the game one and game two, mm-hmm. especially in the first halves of those two games. Mm-hmm. You're just like, dang, dude, the Celtics team is is really good defensively, and they're getting into it. So I can see like even though you know you won game two, right? In, in good good fashion, but that first half was a different story than the second half. Um, that's true. So that's true. That's they why have, game four, right? Like you're four. like, shoot, man, another one in Boston. We we can't lose this, mm-hmm. dude. Game four. If you thought I was on pins and needles on game three, game four, I was I was a wreck. Mm-hmm. I don't think I texted anybody, you know, <laughs> through the first half, just because everything was just. I felt like it was a continuation of game three. We were still mm-hmm. we were still getting, you know, out hustled. Robert Williams, we have Time Lord, we have no answer yeah. for Robert Williams, dude. Mm-hmm. Like Time Lord is averaging what, four blocks a game? Yeah. You know, in this series. Um he's even getting blocks on the perimeter. Um mm-hmm. and you know, coming into the series, I was hoping that he would be a little gimpy because he was kind of gimpy mm-hmm. in the, the seven-game series against Miami. But for whatever minutes Time Lord is giving them uh, for this series thus far, he has been dominating the paint, man. We can't get any mm-hmm. looks inside, man. Um, and then you have Marcus Smart, who is just, you know, playing his reckless brand of ball, man. It's mm-hmm. just he's just throwing himself all over the place, and it's tough. So game four, and the Warriors did try to make some changes. Like they made a change into the starting lineup because mm-hmm. after game three they put uh, Otto Porter Jr. in there, and that didn't start off well for them. Like you could tell it was not that time. Like I mean, Steve Kerr was trying to mix things up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that game didn't start off good because you guys were so small. <laughs> yeah, that's... and it, it didn't benefit because it, you guys weren't hitting shots. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know? Yeah. that was an interesting move because we were getting pretty much dominated in the paint. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were getting out rebounded. So pulling Looney off of the off the starting line and putting OPJ was really an interesting thing. But mm-hmm. I think it was a reaction in ways yeah. to neutralize 
how much Draymond is a non-factor on offense. Exactly. Right. Yep. If yep. you have Looney and Dre in the you know in the starting lineup, that's yeah. pretty much playing what three on five in ways yeah. in terms of like like on offense. They don't With have the, to pack. Yeah, they can just they don't. Uh, it's so easy to just pack the paint, right? Exactly, exactly. So putting OPJ out there, they're hoping to get a little bit more spacing. Mm-hmm. He was shooting a little bit better. Um, but that was short-lived, bro. I felt like OPJ just paid like three minutes. They were experimenting with it. And I think Kerr didn't, didn't like what he was seeing out there. Yeah, like what he was seeing. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, Boston had a, you know, a fast they start on once again. In the beginning, yeah. And OPJ, OPJ was doing a decent job rebounding this season but he couldn't match up with with time lord yeah right? dude I mean, just... I mean time lord has like a nine four standing reach it's crazy man so like yeah. he, and, and he's incredibly athletic and if he's healthy it's just there's no way that we can match up with him mm-hmm. and at this point we're lucky that on one leg he's you know he's he's uh boss is lucky that he time lord is playing there uh yeah, with one leg but and he's still mm-hmm. dominating so We'll see how long that 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 sticks up. You know what's funny was, um, you know, with Draymond being a non-factor, I feel like the Celtics defense really—I don't know, man. It's just like they're making, they're trying to, um, you know, they're they're trying to devise a defensive strategy to make sure. Well, which will probably segue to what we're talking about. They're trying to devise a. I find it interesting. The Celtics' defensive strategy without Draymond to be a factor, where they still play under uh, on Steph on the perimeter. Like yeah. if you kind of look at most of the the plays, they don't mm-hmm. really you know go up and kind of crowd Steph uh, mm-hmm. when he brings the ball up to to, to half court and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So every time you see it, I feel like Time Lord and, and Al Horford don't really kind of challenge Steph as mm-hmm. much as deep as they should, mm-hmm. uh, and. Maybe that's part. Maybe because they feel like their perimeter defenders are really that good, and they can kind of contain stuff, mm-hmm. and they can still kind of you know have that interior presence. So I don't know. I don't know what you're seeing defensively out there, but um, that's one thing I, that I'm seeing. No, I mean we were talking about this. Uh, I forgot which game again, but when uh, in particular Al Horford kept kept playing down, right? And I think even Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy, who were the the color commentary and the whatever the the play-by-play guys, right? Um, they they were saying the same thing, like Horford, you can't you can't keep playing down, right? You got to come up, you know, because it's that's easy pickings for Steph. I mean, he lives on that stuff. He, they they're doing that pick and roll so he can get space on the big and either just shoot the three or take him off the dribble. Um, so if you don't crowd and you don't trap him, then you're in trouble. But I guess whatever the Celtics defense is, like principle wise, they they deciding to stick with it. You know, like, this is how they're going to play. If Steph goes off, at least let's not let our defense break down and then have the other guys involved, right? Um, so if we limit the other players in terms of if Steph drops, let's say, 43 points, right? Um, if the other guys are barely chipping in, you know, 15 points here, 16 points here, but no one's scoring, like, 25 to 30 points outside of Steph, like, they'll live with that. And I think, it, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's good in theory, but it didn't work out in game four because I, I I mean, Steph just went nuclear. Like, I think the game could have gone off the rails at certain points. Um, it just, whatever lead the Celtics have, whether that be like nine, seven, five, right? It just felt like they had a stranglehold on the game physically, right? So it felt like it was going to take some gargantuan effort to get past that hump. Even though if you look at it from the outside, the hump is not that great in terms of point differentiation between the two teams throughout the game. But you're just thinking, man, the Warriors keep getting dominated physically. And Dre is like a shell like of himself right now. Like it seems like the crowd is getting to him and all this stuff, you know? Like he's just like rattled almost. Because usually Dre is talking a lot of crap. Like which was surprising in game four. I didn't really see that from him. Um He's usually getting into it and stuff like that. Like, even with the crowd, right? He'll just be like, yeah, but he actually was really quiet that game. I found that to be shocking, almost shocking. I'm like, this is not Dre, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it did. It did. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, 
I I get where you're coming from. I think for people who might be tuning in new, um, obviously you're a hardcore Warriors fan. You've been following the team for I mean decades now, right? Um, your personality is I think you are overly cautious. First of all, secondly, I think you want to brace yourself for disappointment. Uh, I think you believe in your team, but I think with what you saw, I think you erred on the side of caution and you're preparing yourself for potential devastation. <laughs> to lose in the finals is devastating, regardless, right? You can you can appreciate being there, but it's still devastating, right? <laughs> so I, I, I see it, but I see the logic because because they were dominating you guys physically. But I told you, and I know you're always overcautious, especially when we're chatting about the game during live. Like, you're usually like, oh, dude, you know, doom and gloom, right? But I, like I said, man, I'm like, the Warriors are keeping it close. And I, I've watched this Celtics team, and they aren't good down the stretch. Like, they, like when it's tight, they really are not. They, they, these guys like Tatum and Brown, excellent players, right? Like, they're not that clutch, you know? I, I've, I've just seen it. You know, they can make clutch plays. But in comparison to what I've seen Steph and Clay like, shot making through their illustrious career, you know, like they can be way more trusted than these guys. That's why I was like, I'm telling you right now, man. Like, if the Warriors have their patching in third quarter, um, th- and they keep it close, they're gonna. Th- it's Boston's gonna get tight, gonna get real tight, real quick. Well, I think Steph took it. I mean, there's no. I mean, you if you watch that game, he took it. Um, I mean, Boston was still trying. Like, I don't think they were like they were folding. They just couldn't make the plays that Steph was making. Each time he made a play, it felt like Celtics needed to make like two to three plays in concession, concession just to make up for how Steph's Herculean effort to keep the Warriors in the game and then take control at the end. And well, let, let's give a sh- big shout-out to Andrew Wiggins. I mean, he came up with some... I mean, he had 16 rebounds that game, dude. He was... I mean, without him, honestly, you wouldn't have won that game despite, you know, Steph going nuclear. Like, he, he grabbed some offensive boards, timely putbacks, you know, down the stretch, man. It was so key. So um, it wasn't just all Steph, but um, yeah, like the, Steph is just on another planet that game, especially. Um, I think I think he really solidified, like, you know, whatever critics that people have said about Curry not being clutch. I mean, on the NBA final stage, he won that game. I mean, I, I would say this is this is a signature in his career. For sure, I mean, it's got to be. <laughs> it's, I, I'm, I mean, I know we have recency bias, but like just single-handedly, I mean, KD's not on this team anymore. I mean, Dre right now is struggling. Clay is honestly struggling as well. Um, just to keep it real, he's struggling. Like he has, he had a good game in game three, was it? I don't know. Uh, game two, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Not like a signature game six clay kind of kind of game, right? Um, and yeah, like this, you know, it just felt like Curry carried the whole team. Um, no disrespect to the other players, right? Because they contribute, but he really did carry the team. That's the reality. You got to call it. I mean, I, was, I watched the game. He carried the whole team. Whenever the team needed a basket, he freaking scored a basket. He never failed. He did not fail that game. When you guys needed a basket, he scored. He also should have had an and one three. That would have been even more devastating at that time but they didn't call the foul <laughs> yeah multiple times exactly uh, and let's not forget he was coming off like you know he, he he had injured his foot because al horford rolled on it in a in a in a scrum because they were going after a, a loose ball so going into that game people were really worried whatever percentage he he was is whatever it is they're just like whatever that's going to be devastating for the Warriors if he can't even perform at this level because you need Steph at this level against this squad. You can tell, man. If he wasn't at this level, you guys would have honestly probably lost by double digits. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if it was uh, somebody on the telecast, but there, someone pointed out that usually Steph doesn't wear high tops, but he was wearing high tops. Oh, okay. I I didn't really pay attention like the uh, reality wise. Oh, he does. Okay. Mm. Oh, I got it. Yeah. 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 
Those shoes actually look pretty dope. The color, I like the color. The purple, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's purple, but it's like a. Yeah, yeah. It is no, 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 definitely not. But it was a key a key game to win, though. I I think it would have been a very big uphill battle. Like, ugh, I don't know. I mean, if you guys lost that game, if the Warriors lost game four, oof, you don't want to be down three one. You know what I mean? <laughs> I I I really do think the Celtics have a more well-rounded team. Um, I think their biggest problem is they don't have a point guard. Like that's why down the stretch it's hard to trust somebody um, because you you know you can put the ball in Tatum and Brown's hands and they can create plays one on one, but like no one's there really controlling the pace. You know what I mean? So I think that's where the Warriors shine towards the end of games because they have Steph controlling the pace, right? Like he's setting up these high, uh, you know, screen and roll action where he can either pop from three or drive to the hoop and set things up. Like the Celtics, they rely so much on one-on-one play, like down the stretch. And that's, to me, like, uh, you know, these guys are, you know, Tatum's making a name for himself. Like, you know, people, people are drawing comparisons to Kobe because Kobe was his mentor and stuff like that. But right now, I don't believe Tatum's on Kobe's level in terms of uh, shot creation and, and clutch genes right now. Yeah. I mean, he's getting there. He's getting there. Yeah, he is. Exactly. It's it's a little weird, but you know, because he's a Celtic, but it's all good. You know, if if Kobe was his mentor and his idol, go for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> his shooting has been rough. I mean, he he'll put up stats because he, he's going to put up the shots, but his shooting has actually been pretty bad. Like he's not efficient or anything like that. So, um, well, when we're talking about Game Five, though, like this is Game Five is going to be tomorrow. We're recording this on a Sunday night. Um, yeah, like I, home game for the Warriors. I, I just, I mean, Boston has proven they can win on the road, so it's it, it's obviously they have the capability to win. So we'll see uh, who imposes their will. I do think um, it is troubling if you're a Celtics fan, even despite having the physical advantages, seemingly right, uh, and Dre being kind of broken right now. And hope I hope he comes back and he shows the world that you know, just even on the defensive side, right, like just being major impact player which he is at the end he's he's always making some defensive plays but just channeling that dre that you know everyone knows right um has come to know but it is troubling to me as a celtics fan through all these games the the warriors have dominated the third quarter in each every game like the fact that they know the warriors are great in the third they still cannot stymie it that that's troubling to me Yeah, I, I think, you know, you might be spot on. And since, since this series is a best of three now, uh, I I fully expected this series to go seven. So I think they will be tested or everyone will be tested um, that this will be a prolonged series. I just it just feels like a seven game series watching these teams go back and forth. Like um, even though the momentum has shifted and it seems like sometimes in these games Celtics dominated more. But I think when it comes down to it, like the Warriors will find a way to win the games that they really truly need to win. You know, like last game, last game they were supposed to lose that game, right? But they found a way to win. You know, C- Curry had to go nuclear, but he he found they found a way to win. That's what you have to do. Like it's not all going to be pretty, you know? It's just not. Because you have this whole other team out there that's like trying to stop you, you know? Like even on your best day, you're going to have like hiccups, right? Like someone's literally like doing everything they can to stop you. So um, I just think both sides are going to go to war and it's just going to be a drag it out type of battle. And it's game five, game six, and we'll see. We'll see what happens because we can make these predictions now, but each game cha- changes a little bit, you know, and how, how it shapes. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it, man. You're on pins and noodles, but as a, as a fan, that's not really, I'm, you know, I don't really have a horse in the race. It's just enjoyable to watch that, you know, like, yeah, man. Heck yeah. I mean, it's freaking drag it out. I mean, it's, it's yeah, just watching, you know, these stars and Steph, appreciating Steph, honestly. Um, because, you know, like being a huge Kobe fan, once they're gone, you know, not, not necessarily like Kobe being gone, you know, dying, but um, just like when he retired, they're gone, they're gone, you know? Like, 
you want you need to you need to save right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like And I know, like, you'll look back, and you know whether the Warriors win the finals or not. That will that will help cement how you ever you, how you think of this team. But like, you'll think about this performance of Steph's forty three, like, regardless of whether they win the finals or not. It's like Kobe's eighty one, like that was a shit season for the Lakers. But no one ever forgets his eighty one, right? His retirement game, the last game he scored sixty points, it was a shit season, dude. It was it was horrible for the Lakers. But I don't remember anything about it besides Kobe scoring 60 <laughs> on his last game. So, like, these legendary performances, you'll remember regardless of whether you win the championship or not. So, that's that's the awesome part, you know? Yeah. So, anyways. It has. Mm-hmm. I know, dude. We'll see, bro. We'll see. Game game five tomorrow, baby. <laughs> I hope you you survive it, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. I know. So, yeah. Thank you for listening. You know, you can follow our socials in the description below. And, of course, you know, depending on how this series goes and what time allotment we have, we'll see if we can record before the series is over. You know, it just depends, right? It depends on how things shape. So, yeah. Um, either way... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, let's let's just focus on tomorrow's game and we'll update you guys on the next episode, you know, at least in another in our regular schedule, which is in every two weeks, if not before. So stay safe. Peace.